Welcome back to the Power Stroke Tech Talk podcast. This is number 34, and we have a new guest tonight with returning DS Matt, Cody, and the gas man. We want to let you guys know we appreciate you watching. We appreciate you listening. Make sure to check us out on those mainstream podcast apps, Apple, Spotify, Google, all of them. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but, but, but everybody's hopes doing good. We don't have any, any uh, ailments, I don't think, to speak of, except for uh, tonight's or today's video that came out uh, that I just made uh, or released rather for the one year in just over 10,000 miles in. And so far, right now, I'm getting some pretty good feedback. A lot of uh, people have been reaching out on social media telling me how many miles they got on their vehicle um what dude's got fifty thousand miles on it in one year holy crap i know i just did have the million mile uh truck uh in here but uh golly gee that's a lot of miles um it's pretty good yeah that's that's pretty dang good but mr chris mr gas man tell us um what what do you uh what, what, what tickles your fancy over here onto the Power Stroke Tech Talk podcast? Well, you know, we, uh, through the podcast or the, you know, like we were talking earlier, the SPE, you know, uh, Petcock for the, for the fuel waters, you know, coalescer drain. Version um, two. Have you seen version two yet? No. Check out version two. Yeah. It's, what's the um, difference between version two? Actually, you know what? Let me see if I can pull that up really quick because I was pretty uh impressed uh with uh what version two looks like did they get did they give an option for like a hose hookup which would be kind of nice yeah let me show you so here okay that's that's version one let me actually go to that's version one where's version so you guys two? you guys are talking about the water separator mm-hmm. yeah it's funny you bring that up because I was just thinking with where where I'm and you'll be able to elaborate on this, but um, I'm getting my my diesel from Kroger, from the Kroger gas okay. station. It's kind of a newer yeah. newer newer location, only a couple yep. years old, and uh, I've never seen water in the fuel so far. Yep. yep. So is it probably a good idea just to keep going there? And just keep rolling with that just because. Yeah, I mean, you know, when it comes to diesel, unlike um, unlike your gasolines, uh, where you get a little bit different, we'll stick with the diesel for this point. But with the diesel, that's what that's what you're we're going to call like a generic diesel. The diesel component itself is the same. They add the lubricity into it. Um, I get diesel at Kroger a lot. Um, two reasons one uh the tanks are usually new because the kroger gas stations are pretty new um two throughput you know same reason why i'll hit circle k sometimes because it's just throughput you're not gonna especially when you're rolling into the fall and getting into winter um you know they're gonna have a they're gonna have a lot they're gonna get their tanks refilled a lot more you know so they're gonna be up to up to date on the you know the freeze points the you know the cloud point you know, the negative temperature stuff in the wintertime. Um, and, and just bottom line throughput, it works really well. 
Oh yeah, look at that. Completely different. So that will actually fit into the pop bottle or glass jar. You know, you're not making a well, yeah, that's mess all that's, over the place. That's cool because it's more than just aesthetics. Well, I guess the other one had an issue. I guess they break. Well, the, the, they, the so that's the factory one. They straight up have it listed as a Gen Two. Hard to say, Gen Two. 17th to 20 fuel water drain. So I am actually really curious you, to see. You know what? Speaking of the SPE and fuel systems, my coworker got his hands on their trash kit, right? Yeah. To, to keep the, if you're, you know, if your pump lets loose to keep it from disaster kit through the yeah. system, dude, that is a nice kit. Like they did a baller <laughs> job with that, that you don't have to hack apart any lines or anything. Right. Right. The, the so problem you, with that, the problem with that kit is though, is in, on our, on our trucks is how many, you know, power stroke 6.7 liters have we seen where the CP4 pumps, you know, pooped the bed and took out the fuel system. Um, not that many, and we compared about, to how many Duramaxes, right? right. I think I think Ford was smart enough to use a lift pump. I think I think yeah. the one point to that though is while the system itself is good, if something contaminates your fuel and you didn't, I mean, it could happen where you can't catch it, where the sensor's not yeah. going to pick it up, and it's just too much. Well, I mean, so, Chris can want, comment on this. If you get bad fuel, it doesn't matter if you have that kit on there. Your pump's going to no, be that's done, just so to stop it from your, crashing. Yeah, yeah your not, pump's going to. Yeah. It's just to save your injectors more than it's anything. just to save your injectors. Yeah, well, that's all it is. And your rails. Now here's and, you know Cody here's can the, go uh, further with that, but here's the biggest biggest knowledge bomb on that topic that nobody ever talks about. Did you know, and I don't know, this could vary from state to state. Did you know that if you get bad fuel and it trashes your, your fuel system, you can claim it on your car insurance. Yeah. yeah. Claimed a lot of systems on car insurance. Yeah. So a buddy of mine had that happen with his Duramax and the mechanic claimed it that he, uh, that he had, um, he had water in his water in his in his fuel, and that's what trashed the the pump. You know, lack of lubricity with water, and the insurance company paid to have the whole system rehauled. You know, the gas tank dropped, flushed, fuel lines flushed, new fuel pump, new injectors, and then of course he decided to you know kind of go the other route. You know, lighten up his uh, put his you know truck exhaust on a diet. Um, you know, yeah, he went to just a some three pump, just some, just some parts missing. But that being said. If you were to make that big of a claim, it'd be much better just to do the pump, even if it's an insurance claim, because they're gonna they're just gonna raise rates. You know, they uh -huh. gotta do that's why gotta it's not a collision. I mean, I don't wanna like jump down people's throats for charging outrageous amounts to, you know, do a fuel system on someone's truck, but you're just making everyone else's insurance costs more in a sense. Well, definitely going to make your own insurance cost more because they're going to look at that claim and they're going to say, well, let's just raise his rates. Yeah. What are the odds yeah, that this thing a is going to put death in their fuel tank again? Yeah. I you mean, they, they, the insurance companies do track the amount of money that they spend on your claims, even if it's not your fault. Now, here's, a, like a here's, a, here's another point, though. If you 
well, it's probably not a good idea to be getting a little bit of fuel from a bunch of different places. But if something took out your entire fuel system, I wonder how much liability is on that fuel station. I've had them go after the fuel station. Yeah, we've had claims where we've had customers go after fuel stations and they paid it out. What I'm That's curious why... to see is the video that I got coming up as well uh, about a truck I got in who had put DEF on the fuel system. And I actually took apart the CP4 on the bench, showing the internals and, and I've never taken one apart before. And I was really able to see the crank inside and where the rollers are rolling against that and it's going up and down in this bore if this is not rolling and turns in the bore so now mm -hmm. you have metal to metal what is keeping this like locked in its bore nothing nothing so i can see if that were i mean what would make that dislodge or twist air maybe or is... machining is the only thing i can come down to was that that crank isn't perfectly flat or i don't know cody are those supposed to be perfectly flat or do they have a taper on them or a concave to keep the roller on the piston like running true and square so it doesn't spin i know? honestly have no idea i've i'm waiting to see his video too because i know i I need inside. to literally see what you're talking about. I know that I've Ooh. part of the, the Ford tech thing on Facebook, and there was a couple of dudes who had pictures of CPs uh, broken in half. Like, I've seen that. What? What happened? That happens. And that that is obviously not good when I see that and think of my own vehicle but yeah i mean like what what happened like what those were probably the earlier models but i've seen it on new trucks they also send a they also can set a 16 code because it mm. spins crank gear if they lock isn't, up, the, lock up. isn't the problem with the cp4 pumps isn't it because it's a european a european pump i've heard that what, yeah, I've heard that it was, it was designed pump. with european fuels Right. Okay. That's what I was get into. Yeah. So they inject. So what I've been told is that they inject a higher percentage of lubricity into the ultra low sulfur diesel. What is the, what yeah. are they injecting? That's making that's it. what I've been told, but I can't. So they're injecting more of it. So more the what? higher standards there. You know, okay. So if you, if you were in diesel, you know, say about 12 years ago or so, when we made the switch in the United States, mm -hmm. uh, at least in this section, you know, in the the you know, Great Lakes Midwest region, California may have been ahead of us. They usually are in this type of stuff. We made the switch from low sulfur diesel yep. to ultra low sulfur yep. diesel. Yep. And the problem with that is, is that the sulfur is the is the lubricant in the fuel that mm. lubricates fuel pumps and injectors and all that kind of stuff. And it, you know, it. When you took that out, they took it out for environmental reasons. 2008. Um, is that what it was? Yeah, I don't six, really remember. 6'4". Yeah. Yeah. And when they took that out, we, they, have to, they have, to, have to replace that with something. So the industry, in my industry, we inject um, a lubricity into the ultra-low sulfur diesel as it's being filled into the tanker trucks. So, you know, the, when you see those big above-ground tanks. That's why there's variations. 
not in the lubricity that ha- there's a there, that's that's mandated um because you have to have the lubricity in order to for everybody's trucks not to you know seize up um are they always many, putting the, the same amount in every time yeah yeah there's there's oh, always yeah, the same amount to. it's a regulated thing oh okay it's, it's okay. mixed it's mixed into the semi truck as it's being filled no uh, kidding. From, the, from the big so you have those big above ground tanks that you see in various various places there's i mean there's no none out you know right where you're at aaron you know i don't know about matt out, i've out never seen them there. in person um, i've only seen them in i don't video think we games. have any refineries or isn't there like isn't there ones by the by the airport yeah there's a bunch by the airport there's a few yeah. different few different companies out there by the airport a lot of that's to service the airport not all of it but a lot oh. of it you know so a lot of that's for the jet fuel okay. um there's even there's even a there's even a couple over in the um, you know, we'll say in the city next to the airport that even holds uh, uh, airplane de-icer. Used to hold petroleum products, but now holds airplane airplane de-icer, which is kind of funny. Hmm. But uh, no, so anyway, the the lubricity added into the diesel, diff, the variation between the United States. I don't know the exact numbers. Uh, I mean, I don't yeah, right. European fuels, yeah, yeah. right? So um, that that is what. I was told was what was killing the CP4 pumps over here. But, you know, my heavy duty mechanic, my diesel, you know, my Aaron for my dealership closest to me, he said it's the, uh, the lack of the lack of lift pumps because the, you know, cause you're dealing with head pressures off of pumps, you know, and you, they're asking the CP4 pump in the Duramax is to, to pull suction from the fuel tank, you know, yeah, 10 nice. feet, 10 yeah. feet away. And below it, not above it. That's a big difference too. Yeah. There's you know, no if, siphoning if you, action so there. So when no. you're talking, to, when you're talking about this lift mm. pump, and you drop and you uh, do a filter service, you're talking about how we're priming before you start it. After doing your filter, you want to prime it and prime it and prime it and get it all primed up. And yeah, that's uh, to get the that's to get the air out of it. So you're that, so GM you're, doesn't you're activating. You can hear that pump in the tank. You know, making noise. Is that Especially, the pump that GM doesn't have? No, they don't GM have that. GM doesn't. I don't know if they do now. I'd assume. Oh, they now. don't yeah. have lift pumps. No, they don't they have don't, lift pumps. They don't again, like Matt says, unless oh, they wow. changed something in the last know. year or two. That's why every you go into any you know diesel form Facebook group, this, that, and the other. Everyone's always saying, "Well, you got to put a fast pump on it, or you got to put an air dog on it." Mm. So how do you? How do you? Um, because so they don't. You they do- don't have a. They don't have a sump for those things. It's literally just. The high the CP4 pump, pump it or your injection pump just has that. to sit there and pull it all itself. So when oh. you do a filter, I'd imagine if you do a filter service, I, I, I don't know, but if you drop the filter or drain the water or anything like that, maybe they have a different filter design that doesn't. The filters on the passenger side of the engine, yeah. kind of like an old IDI, uh-huh. and it's got a primer on top so, of it that you got so prime in GM, it, GM open you got to prime, prime it, the screw, yeah. prime it, open the screw, prime it, open the screw. It's a big pain. It's like, yeah, it's like Damn. doing it on an okay. old cat loader. You got to just sit there and prime the heck out of that sucker. Well, what's funny about that is every time you get in your truck, you can hear that lift pump activating. Mm-hmm. Like, uh-huh. So they don't even have, they don't have that, that pre-prime. Uh, no, and they, they say that, they say that that beyond the pump designs that the cp4 wasn't designed to, to do that kind of action that kind of service but you know you could you could see that 
you know, maybe with a bad design, maybe if there's not a good check valve in that, you know, is it sucking a little bit of air when it first starts up? Right. You know, from the fuel line, if it's, if it's not being a proper mm. check valve, but you know, I deal with pumps every day. I mean, that's what I, that's what I run. I run giant, you know, 1500 horse electric pumps. I mean, you, you have to, the, some pumps can't handle the suction aspect of that. You know, they have, right, to be fed, right. they have to be fed a pressure. So that's what Ford and, and, you know, Dodge is doing with the Cummins. They both have lift pumps in their tanks. Well, so, when you look at a, when you look at a CP4 pump, it's, it's a, it's a piston inside of a cylinder bore. Wait right? till you see the video, man. I, I, I didn't know what it looked like. I mean, I've seen some dudes on online have them apart, but to actually take it apart myself, I'm like, no, okay. 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 You thought, you know, this is for everyone out there. You thought piston return springs were a joke. No, they're real. <laughs> for they're real. a real thing. So it's got a piston return spring on it. Yeah. <clears throat> they have springs in each cylinder. Yeah. To push the piston. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know anything about the actual pump. I just going off what I hear and throwing yeah, a it's just bit a of... little, little V twin with a, you know, it looks like a rotary. It's yeah. Try shaped crankshaft. And then it's just got, it looks like gigantic lifters in there. And then a spring mm -hmm. rides on top of them and you got Ooh. valves inside the, the head. Right. Let me ask you guys this question though. When ask. you change your fuel filter, how many times are you supposed to prime? 10. 10. Okay, good. I'm like, man, I don't know. Cause I did yeah, tell you like, once you get to like five, once you get to like six, you, you know, you can hear that it's, it's really, yeah. Yeah. you'll yeah. hear, yeah. you'll hear your in tank pump, your lift pump, whatever you want to call it. Your, you know, your low pressure pump, you'll hear it audibly like prime. And then if you really want to keep going further, you can get all the air out of the secondary filter. Well, I mean, I can, you can flat out hear it. I mean, you can hear it like yeah. filling, you know, it sounds yeah. like you're pouring something it, into yeah. something, you know. It, it'll go yeah. from gurgling to just going. But the thing is, I did like 12 and it, it seemed like it got up there, but it wasn't perfect. And I was like, man, I'm starting it up and it fired right up. Yeah. And it it'll perfect. have a little bit of air in it. Yeah. And if it does, just put your foot to the floor and don't let it die. This one guy, he does a, he does a fuel filter video on here on youtube and he he doesn't he didn't change the order that he did things was so backwards like he he whatever he did it didn't he starts it up he goes to start it it's just cranking and cranking and cranking and cranking i'm like man why didn't you me i drain the bottom i drain out the bottom and then i while i was draining i take off the one on top replace it and then I go back on the bottom and then take everything off because it's done draining. Right. And then, but he like did the bottom one. And then I don't know, it, I have to look back. He did everything so backwards that didn't prime it and just cranked it. I'm like, what the heck, man? I hope no one else sees this video and does this. The, the, vi the video I watched to do it before I, before I did it the first time was some, some blonde lady that, you know, I don't know, she runs some channel and she had some big, actually looked a lot like your truck you know sean i mean and she, she just showed a, how she simple a, it was she had a 450 or 350 dually it was um, at least the dually you know what i okay. mean and she went through and showed you how to do both filters and it was you know i mean i think it was shared on one of the facebook groups or something you know i mean it was she was like was, a hot shot driver yeah i don't know maybe she ran a you know a goat ranch i don't know <laughs> 
you know, I mean, <laughs> I know that's one just, thing I didn't get to ask you, uh, uh, and, and for everybody else out there, what, what do you, I heard you say super duty, our trucks, why don't you paint the picture? What, what, uh, what, what, what do you got? I got a 17, um, crew cab. Okay. You know, 6.7 Lariat, nothing overly crazy. I mean, the most expensive vehicle I've ever bought in my life, but, um, you know, I don't really drive it a lot. I kind of drive, I treat mine probably more like yours, Aaron. You know, I mean, I don't, I hold, uh, I hold, you know, my boat around, but that's only like seven, 8,000 pounds or something, but oh. you know, landscape trailers, you know, picking up gravel, that kind of stuff, you know, trying to like imitate Sean or something. Um, but so that's, that's a, that's a pretty nice size, uh, boat, you know, 8,000 pounds. Yeah. You know, 7,500 pounds, but I mean, nothing to like, nothing that warranted me having the diesel. I mean, right. Right. Um, you know, when I was looking at trucks, I was looking at an F-150 mm, and, yeah, you know, Lariat to Lariat. I'm going that way now. I mean, well, Lariat to Lariat, they were the same price. Yeah, you get right, into the right. gasser super duty for the same price as the, the gasser, obviously gasser, you know, F-150. So the only real price increase that made it that nine, $10,000 jump that was the diesel, you know, and the reason why I went with the diesel was if you would have backed me up, you know, say seven years and told me I was going to be towing around a 7,500 pound boat and towing it up to Higgins Lake and, you know, up to, you know, up just up north, Torch Lake, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I towed it with my Ram, you know, I mean, it was fine. It wasn't, like I said, it wasn't overweight, but I, I would have, if you have told me that seven years ago, I'd have said, you're crazy. Well, what's the future going to hold? You know, is, am I going to tow a bigger boat? Am I going to, you know, tow a big dump trailer? Sorry, Sean. Didn't mean to bring up a sensitive oh, subject. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know I mean, but you know, I just didn't know what I was going to tow. And I want to keep this truck for, you know, for 15 years. So not only will I get some value back out of it, you know, versus a, you know, a gas F-150 that's a dime a dozen, but it sets me up. The truck will do almost anything I want it to do that I can think of I want it to do. I mean, there are limitations, you know, I, like I didn't get the fifth wheel hookup for it, you know, for the gooseneck in the bed. Um, a couple of buddies of mine have it. And I don't like the plastic pucks in the bed. I don't have a fifth wheel. I don't have a gooseneck. I could add it later. Um, didn't get that. You know, obviously I didn't get a 350. You know, I'm, I'm like, that's overkill. I didn't get a dually. And here, Brad's sharing. Here is the insides of our high pressure fuel pump. Mm. This is so that's the cylinder, that's the piston there, piston return spring right here. And it is no joke, it is really. I told stout. you, would I, would I lie to you? He's not lying, but this is what I was talking about right here. If this were to twist in the bore and not roll actually oh, is that, is on that, the crankshaft inside it twist it looks like it's there's, oval. there's nothing to keep that from spinning no it's yeah. round but isn't that ovular it looks like it doesn't look round it's round this is but yeah that, this is but, that, but how much spring tension bad. how much spring tension is that i don't know like it's, it's, that's a pretty that's a pretty stout little spring yeah when you see me take it off in the video once, it, once uh, you so you both the the bolts kind of hold that down? Yeah, there's four there's four uh, screws, four torques that hold like the head onto 
uh, so once, the, the actual once CP4. You, once you put that in there, it's not going to be able to rotate because it's it's that spring tension is keeping it flush against that that cam profile, so it won't be able to rotate. Unless that yeah. spring lost vibration. It, spring, yeah, but that spring's Something. got that spring's putting pressure on that. It's rotor. they're fa- they're failing. Are Why? they rotating? I, that's what I want to find out. I'm gonna say it's got to be a flaw in material. That's what I want to find out. I say next time you get one, that's customer pay. Find out. Yeah, yeah. I want one that's split open. That would be awesome to see. But the thing is, you got to find one that just died on its own. You can't have one that had obvious contamination because right, the contamination yeah. ones aren't going to tell you anything. Because we already know, like, water isn't a good lubricant, right? Water no. doesn't lube. I mean, it no. does depending on your application, but that's a totally different podcast. Never seemed to work in the hot tub. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we went there. Okay, Chris, I got I got two questions for you. Shoot. You were talking about lubricity and diesel fuel. Is there anything yep. that they're using as like a tackifier to keep it on the pump? Like to you know, keep like, it on the pump. Yeah, like to keep it on the the cylinder You're talking walls about like, or... talking about like, a, like one of those Lucas fuel additives. Uh, kind of, because you know, like in diesel oil, they'll add tackifiers just to keep it clinging to cylinder walls and bearings and you know parts and whatnot. I think there's probably uh, there's probably something in that in the diesel itself. Um, when I get the when I get the pre shipment, we call it, which is uh, tage from the refinery. <laughs> Um, it's a two-page document, and it gives you a lot of stuff, a lot of information, a lot of information, you know, words you can't pronounce, hmm. you know, numbers, ranges. I don't know which one of those would be that. It's nothing that I would ever test for. You know, we test for sulfur and flash, which is the, right. the temperature in which if you heat the fuel up, in which right. the vapor ignites. Yeah. You don't want it to be too so, low. You want it to be too high. Right, right. It's well, too high. Too high is I not mean, that big of a deal. Ago, too low is concerning. Too low is the issue. Yeah, I mean, you know, back before we got into ultra low sulfur, the Detroit refinery, um, man, they used to put out like 165, 185 flashpoint. Um, now most of them are putting out like 130 to 150, you know, um, they took a significant drop. I think a little bit that's cost savings too, um, to, for them to refine it less, you know, the, there's information with that, even when you get into gases and summer gas, winter gas, spring and fall gas, there are differences in all that. And it's again, and they're, they're chasing the, chasing the penny, you know, yeah. Okay, so that's question one. Question two is kind of a two-part thing. So, like, we'll look at, I guess it's more of a thing with gasoline. When, you know, companies are claiming, like, our fuel's better because it has XYZ detergent and it's so much better for... Invigorate. It's going to clean your intake valves because everything's direct injection now. You know, is that Mm -hmm. really, like... Are they just blowing smoke or so I, here's the way I like to answer that question. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's a, there's a two part thing to this. 
So when you get your gasoline at your generic brand gas stations, you know, not a big oil company name. Valero. Kroger. Kroger. Meyer. um, Meyer. And this is the other. Speedway is a generic for marathon. Right. Um, So you get, you know, those types of rich, you know, um, Valero, they, they, that is an oil company, but they do in this area, it it is typically a generic. So the way it's always been described to me is there's two things to consider. One, the generics get the base minimum amount of additive, the base minimum amount of additive that's required by, you know, regulations and what's needed. And then when you get into your, say your marathon, your mobiles, you know, um, you know, maybe your shell, right. They, they typically inject a lot more of the additive and that's kind of where they're trying to, you know, earn their stripe. However, when you start, people say, well, well, which one do you like better? Which one better? Of course, I'm not a chemist. I don't, you know, our facilities, we hold those in those uh, additives at the uh, truck racks, but we, you know, we don't, I mean, that's just delivered to us. We hold it there. And then when, when, you know, those companies get their, their semi-trucks filled, right. To go fill the gas stations, they get their appropriate additive. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, that's another thing people don't understand is that the gas itself, the diesel itself, in most places, it's all fungible. And it's all mixed together. It's all more or less usually the same. There are some exceptions here and there. So as far as which one's better, you know, Shell makes their claim on their, you know, we go one mile longer or whatever their hell their claim is, you know. Um, it's like I always say this, who makes the best brownie when you're walking into the grocery store? You know, are you a Duncan Hines or like a Betty Crocker? Right, right. You know, okay, okay. I, I would never. I, I would like never that analogy. It. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I like that. So I'm a, I'm a simple there, truth. There, there, there could be some, you know, um, differences between your Kroger and your Marathon, you know, branded gasolines, as far as the amount of additive that they're getting. I've heard as high as that the branded gasolines are getting as high as three times more additive. Um, but then you got to ask yourself what kind of mileage enhancement am I getting out of that? If, you know, one is significantly more money per gallon than the other, you know, I mean, that's, it's the same analogy as to how far are you going to drive to save a nickel a gallon when you're only putting in 20 gallons? No doubt. Well, well, you got to think too, like how complicated and how important is your gasoline fuel system? How sensitive is your gasoline fuel system? You can, you you could be just fine with you're kidding Kroger. me with, with the direct the direct fuel injection. Yeah, dude, everything uh, those a, are basically the same. I, I think you'll be just fine with a Kroger fuel, and it's the like you say, it's direct injected. You're not even cleaning the valves, dude. So, I mean, direct injection, man. I mean, you could pour, you could probably run diesel through through that damn thing, and it would be fine. It's very, it's getting very close to being what a diesel, how a diesel engine operates. Well, I mean, as far as that is true, like yeah. a diesel engine yeah. is direct injection. They've been direct yeah. injection for a long time. So, so high pressure yeah. pumps. High no, pressure I, pumps. So. Now I remember 
a a video that I had about when I drained the fuel water separator on my truck and you know what it looks like when you get water in it and and mm -hmm. how long to let it drain and you had made a comment or people were commenting on yeah. how clear my yeah. diesel fuel was and then yeah, that, I yep. showed DS's trucks fuel and it was really yellowy looking and it was yeah like, I call that I call that tennis ball green yeah absolutely yeah what's the deal so the tennis ball green is is going so you, uh, let me let me back up your diesel that you got that was that real pale straw color um you know so it has that like yellowy green color that was a detroit made refined here detroit diesel i mean i, I can't say that you know 100 unequivocally but seeing our diesel that comes out of detroit's refinery versus the other stuff that comes out of toledo lima or the chicago market um that's definitely a detroit diesel the the real bright bright tennis ball typically is a chicago market really? um product and that a lot of that comes from their crude and maybe the way that they refine it. Um, this is just my experience from my perspective. You know, I'm not working in the refinery, but the refinery here in Detroit is my primary customer. You know, we, we, you know, I don't know who's, who's, who's who in the relationship here, but uh, they, um, we, so that, that's the difference that you saw. DS is, um, or Sean's, his diesel as he already said, he got it from a Kroger, which means he got it from a certain company that's in the industry, like, you know, like myself. Um, and that probably came, I could get into real detail. I just don't really want to, um, you know, on, on a public uh, you know, website deal. That's, that came out of the Chicago market, that, that, that particular diesel. It's, you know, it's got a little bit more yellow tint than say this green bottle here. Yeah. 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 And yours, and yours was a lighter than this. Yeah. It almost looked like E85, man. Like yeah, it had yeah. like almost no, but, neither, but it smelled but neither, straight up like diesel. Yeah, neither like are her. bad. No, are no, neither, neither are bad. Um, they're both going to run in the same flash zone. Um, Didn't you say the, one was cut with more kerosene or something? So, or well, no? Before we, get, before we go down to that, that gets into the winter blend stuff. Um, I will say this: that there is the greener stuff, and it's not by color. I'm not saying it's by color. I don't want anybody to attack me on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 Sean stuff that he had in his typically has a higher ppm on sulfur. You know that stuff will be running um, stuff that I've been seeing typically runs in the 12 to 15 range and the local stuff uh, out of Detroit typically runs anywhere from the 0 0.9 to like three, five, four, maybe, maybe typically not. Wow. It's typically in the, usually the one, two threes. Um, that's not to say that it's any different. I mean, theoretically, you know, a little bit more software would be better because as we said, before the sulfur is a lubricant, mm -hmm. but um, that's of course that's this is all pre pre lubricity added to the diesel. This is at the the base diesel product, you know, and then they add the lubricity later. They add the lubricity before it goes into the into the semi truck, and then from the semi truck, obviously dumps into your the gas tank before you put it in your gas tank. Wow! So if you if you're gonna get into the 
the jet caro additive that's when you get into the the winter blends so you know our diesel fuel uh in the late fall you know runs at you know probably you know zero to ten degrees where it's going to start to get cloudy um and they test for that they literally just like you know make the diesel cold and check for that um then then there's so there's cloud point and four point Cloud points when it just starts to actually just, just like I said, it gets cloudy. Um, poor points when it actually starts to lose its pouring ability, where it starts to thicken up. Wow. Um, as the season progresses, and this is one of the things that the, you remember when uh, Texas had their big cold snap and their snow here, mm-hmm. you know, a, a little bit back, uh, they ran into this problem. There's like, you know, everybody saw all kinds of guys. Man, they can't, couldn't get their truck started, right? Their, their their stuff was all gelled up because that area doesn't isn't set up for you know the cold snap. If those guys would have been you know prepared, maybe they could have had some you know you know poured some additive like we all have to run in the summer in the you know in the deep winter, you know. But so they start adding the the refinery will start to blend that to a lower lower numbers. And they'll add, they typically add a little bit of like kerosene or jet fuel. There's really no difference between kerosene and jet fuel other than jet fuel has to meet a higher standard. Um, For example, the local refinery here brews just one. They brew it to jet standard and then they can sell it as both. If you Mm -hmm. brew it to kerosene, you can't sell it as jet because it doesn't, it's not going to meet all the specs. And jet fuel is super regulated. I mean, every single time you transfer jet fuel from a tank to a tank, it has to be tested by a third party. So, what? yeah, I mean, you don't well, want planes falling out of the sky. Oh, that's true. That's true. So that's the true. other thing that they add to, so the refinery will blend it to a lower pour point. You know, they'll, they'll get it down to negative 10, negative 30. And then, um, and this does change a little bit in certain areas, right? Certain areas of the country. Um, they can also add, at the truck rack again, they can add cold flow additives. Um, some truck racks, um, they can actually inject more number one fuel, no, more kerosene or into the fuel to try to lower, again, lower that, that pour point, lower the gelling temperatures. Um, the problem with that is the, the BTUs in diesel, BTUs being the amount of energy that is, you know, exerted when you burn it, you know, just, you know, we have like BTUs with our furnaces, right? Yep. Um, different, different, different reasoning for that. But um, the amount of BTUs in diesel fuel is significantly higher than kerosene, like way higher. So when you blend kerosene into your diesel, you're lowering the overall BTU content per per gallon or whatever the case your is. Engine right? need, your engine needs that heat. They do the same things in they do the same things in gas, but um, not the same chemicals, not the same products. But when they lower the BTU content, so if you had a you know a gallon of diesel and your BTU content was was you know say thirty thousand, and you blend in a little bit of kerosene, that's ten thousand you're lowering that BTU content. So when you hit the throttle and you want your motor to do a certain 
amount of work, if you're not getting the desired result, what are you going to do? You're going to add a little more throttle. And you're, maybe you're not getting that desired result because the, the fuel is lacking in energy when it's being burned. Well, it seems, like, it seems like yeah, to me, too, 100%. If, you're, if, if you're going to lower the BTU a little bit, at idle, these, these diesels already, they don't make heat at idle. And it's like, they just- mine, make, mine makes heat like the minute the key turns on. Well, I mean, like if you, if it's cold outside and you, and you're just idling, you could just watch your temperature just like, unless you high idle, it just goes down to like, it'll still have heat and everything. It'll, right. it'll still warm you up a little bit, but I guess- and I, was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was just, for I was making a reference towards the electric- I might. Heater. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've got that too. So maybe I don't notice as much, but, right. um, but you can see like the, the gauge is yeah. just like colder and colder and colder and colder. And then it gets down to like what 90 degrees or something. And it's, unless you, you know, have idle, it's, I gotta get, I gotta, I gotta get on my list. You know, I'm on, I'm on the extended warranty on my truck, you know, the Ford, the Ford care, you know, like Aaron's always pumping, look at him, he's even fist pumping it now. <laughs> no, that's not um, him pumping. That's what's going to happen to him. When he realizes it's got ESP on it, yeah, there you go. Right? Oh, give it to the next guy. The uh, I don't think my black heater works because it just uh, plugged in, unplugged. It don't seem to make no dang difference. So, what, so what you got? What you what 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 you got to do? Are you plugging it in that? I'm sorry. What temperature? Like out ambient air temp? Because I have heard I don't plug it in until it gets really cold. I mean, we start getting down to like ten single digits. Cody, you know, can you back me up on this? Will those not work unless it's under zero degrees? I believe they work no, no matter what. They they work it, no matter what. It's a, I, it's I just, haven't heard that. It's just I, a circuit. Someone I think it's just told a me that there is a resistor in there and blah, 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 blah. It won't work unless it's no, under my, zero degrees. Mine works over I, zero I degrees. Dis, I disagree. And I called shenanigans on it so well, fast. Well, yeah. it says that in the owner's manual today. It's not needed till below zero and it's not needed for anything longer than three hours because there's no thermostat it's just gonna once it gets to three hours it's at full temp regardless of how cold it is right right so i think that's well, where that that kind of comes you, from there's two things you got to do number one is you can turn on that thing on four scan so yeah. it'll tell you your temperature i don't know if you've done that, I have yet. that so if you have that on before you even start it up if it's plugged in you should see that number being at like a hundred yeah. degrees. I used uh, I in. used a uh, 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 like a Bluetooth, um, some cheap Bluetooth dongle into my OBD at work. I plugged it in there, left it in there when I you know went into work, and got close enough to the truck to read it with the with the block heater on or with the block heater off. There was no variation in coolant temperature. What year is your truck? Be, must not be working. Have you had the block heater recall done? Yeah, like all six of the block heater recalls. Yeah, yeah. So you you have <laughs> yeah. the new cord. Yes, I have the new cord. Maybe someone, someone didn't put just, that cord. Yeah, and, maybe they and, just didn't plug it in. Right. No, I mean, I know I looked at it. It's it's plugged in. I even went as far as um, crawling under it after it was on for, I don't know, like I said, like three, four, five hours. I could reach up there and grab the heater, and it wasn't it wasn't any. No, no, no change in temperature. It's probably, oh. it's probably not working. Uh, you know, you get a different element. Different element. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to, that's on my list because it takes my truck. I can run it for 15 to 20 minutes at idle at home or at work. 
and it still takes my truck about seven miles down the highway to get to full operating town. Wow, yeah. that's quick. Yeah, I was going to say that's pretty. <laughs> that's my quick. Test, my 20, test drives, it's usually seven miles, idle. seven miles, and I can get the thermostats open. Yeah. I can run my truck for like 90s. I can run my truck for like an hour and it doesn't even get up to thir- up to temperature. <laughs> Speaking of his truck and, and how you're a fuel man, we have something kind of uh, oh, u- unique uh, as a, as a fuel source for this this uh, uh, gentleman. He has a 97 power stroke and is running straight ATF. <laughs> Nothing that we're going to be running through our six seven, um, but uh, nonetheless, I think it's definitely, he loves it so much. He's, he's drinking, drinking some of it. Yeah, he's drinking, drinking some of that <laughs> shit right now. That, man, he is he is full in, full in, die hard. Hey, I got to be, I got back and forth to work for five years running it, so I'm not complaining. So hey, when you go back and forth from whatever to wherever, do you have a good source in both areas that you live in? I I have not had a good source since I left the dealership. I'm trying. Oh, okay. I've okay. been trying to find a good source, but is that like is that like the 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 2020 version of running you know uh, French fry oil? I it's been a it's been a thing since seven three yeah. came out. I think. Yeah. Mm. You've got well, a. I've heard a... funky for ATF was when you would uh, add it to your oil on like your regular motors. You know, like your gas. Yeah, I've heard that. Your, I've heard you that. know, like add it to your oil and then drive it for another couple of days, and then you know use it as like a cleaner to get out the, the sludge. People always say that ATF can't be used because it doesn't have enough BTUs, but honestly, I don't feel a difference between diesel and ATF. But my truck also has five hundred thousand miles on it. <laughs> but it does have bigger or injectors. BTU not content injectors. for ATF. What? I said, what's the BTU content for? ATF. I have no idea. I a don't feel like product. It'll work. It'll work. It's fine. I don't feel no difference driving it. I mean, I mean, it's got to be the same. Fuck. I mean, it's, it's a it smells. It smells like ATF burning, but <laughs> that has got to be so funny. Be like, man, this thing has got a really foul smell to it. Hey, Chris, I got a question for you. Dude, that would be fun in games until they dip your tank, and you're. It's like, what are you gonna do? It's red. What are you going to uh, do? It's not diesel. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's, it's not. It's, it's not diesel. <laughs> In Florida, it's that's a good question. Well, Can you but... run? It's, it's not diesel, but is that illegal? I don't, I don't know. know. I probably. mean, I'm saving the is. planet. I mean, he doesn't yeah. have just are you? a particulate filter to worry about. No, he's recycling. No. He's recycling. Yeah, you are. Exactly. You're recycling. It shouldn't be illegal. Because if you were burning that for heat in your shop, there'd be no factor. Yeah, it, exactly. wouldn't be a, it wouldn't even be a problem. Right. What do you think if that put in a 6-7? What do you think would happen? I think you'd have start. to. I think it you'd have to. Um, it would be so angry. You'd have to like. You'd, you'd have, have to, to cut it. I was just yeah. going to. If you do. If you did like not half and half. But yeah, if you cut it with diesel fuel. I wonder if you could put. I wonder if that would work. Well. I know Aaron's All right, that's what we're doing. How, Aaron, how, we're fine. We're gonna find a clapped out six seven. That sounds like it's well, classic, how, how and it, we're gonna try this. How does it? How does it? How does it mix when you cut diesel in the ATF? And out. I have no idea. It, you know what I mean? Probably thin out. I would think, but I don't know. It's not like oil. There's a lot. There's a bunch of stuff in ATF. I mean, we could find out as long as Aaron gets a 
for like five or 10 gallons of ATF, we can put it in the truck and find out. I mean, I have a six, seven filter on the truck, so we can drain it out easily. Oh yeah. So, I mean, we can oh, find yeah. out. It's not that hard. I just I, need about 10 gallons of ATF. I'll have to get some pictures up maybe on my Instagram or Cody can do it his. Uh, he has, you know, I said it's a 97, but has an 11 through 16 frame mounted fuel pump from a 6.7 with the <laughs> quick disconnect alliance and has totally eliminated the old pop can uh, fuel pump or for his sake, the uh, engine valley uh, fuel pump because those uh, are obsolete. You don't like those things just leaking all over the place? No. That's the only reason why I replace those. That and it didn't start. That silly O-ring that has to go on a certain way. Or getting stuck in the block when you're trying to take it out. Good that times. is never good. I know the... Um, It'll happen. I know we have a... That's awesome. There it is. Oh, what? Need I even say? Uh, I gotta, do, you know, do you know how upset I get when I go to do a filter change on 11 through 16 and I see that they cracked that cap? Uh, no, how upset I get when I do filter changes on the it. later trucks that's got that stupid bracket underneath of it. Oh, with a little 8 mil? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. This this one really pisses me off. The Illuminati trucks, when they have a transfer case skid plate, Aaron, what's your success rate for getting all four of those bolts out? I got to use my mini ductor. I ain't even looking around. You get them out every time? If I use my mini ductor. I got to start doing that because I don't know who the butthole was that decided we're going to use speed nuts with Loctite. If I use my mini ductor, I can get them out. If I just go up and try to hit them with some map and, you know, hey, I'll I'll just get it out really quick. No, ain't happening. Go get the mini ductor. Just just go get the mini ductor. I will keep that in the back of my head because I usually, I have to hang that skid plate off of one of the bolts to get the last one out. Yeah, it's bad. How many, Matt, how many things has that skid plate protected? How many times has that skid plate protected that uh, fuel tank? The fuel tank or the transfer case? Because it's or zero the transfer. for all of them. It's zero. Is it covered? Dude, zero the, fuel, <laughs> the fuel tank skid plate on these trucks makes me laugh because it is like flimsy stamp steel. It's not yeah, going to protect it from anything. I know. If it hits it, it it's, it's going to... Dude, I, I know it's not going to do anything. Good, we, had a, we had a customer shoot a freaking piece of rebar into their tank that shot up from the road. And we also had one that had a stump go through it. It's not going to do a, anything. It's a good and they call them it's stumpy. A good, it's a good selling point. Skid plates. It'd be really cool yeah. if there was a company that came out and gave you like a real skid plate to take that off and put a real. No, no. no. That's just more stuff I have to take off. You make my job more of a pain in the butt. No. Chris, Chris I got to Oh, go, oh ahead. go ahead. No, no, no. Was... Go ahead. You asked before. Chris, um, you know about the oil industry. You've dealt with, like we were just talking about earlier. I don't know if we were talking about this pre-show, but you were talking about crude oil underneath the uh, lake. What 
is going on like with crude oil what are they i know we, we know they make fuel we know they make diesel and gasoline what else are they making out of that crude oil when it when they're refining it well i mean they make everything i mean they make i mean you know petroleum jelly plastics rubber asphalt polyester right, that right. was you know i mean there's a you, whole bunch of we wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for if it, if wasn't, it wasn't for, you know, if it oil. wasn't for crude oil, we'd be it'd be like almost like going to Mackinac Island, where there's just horses and carriages and every all the materials are they even have plastic like, up there. They still have plastic up there, right? No, but I mean, think about it, think about like your cell phones, your 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 clothing. I mean, anything that's elastic is is a plastic, right? You know, right. All your polyesters. I just I, mean, I think it's I think it's I mean, so. Like, I think it's so weird. Me and like, is that me or is that who is that? That's that's you. What? That's both of them, really. Uh, is it me too? There we go. We're good. Oh, we're good. I think I think it's really weird for us to have this kind of war on climate control and all this stuff, and saying we're gonna stop, we're gonna stop burning fuel, we're gonna make our cars electric, we're gonna make our our trucks electric, but you still need the you still need crude oil. I don't get how that's really well, addressed. It's like it's like the it's like the beginning of Armageddon. You yeah, know, when when he's sitting out there golfing at the uh, you know the environmentalists sitting on the big the big ship, and he's yeah. yelling at him. You know much you know much crude oil that you know how much diesel fuel that thing's burning? It's the same right. thing, you know. So these people that are complaining about you know the use of oil, you know doing this with their phones yeah man like I, I i was watching a couple months ago it was like gavin newson in california he's like yeah we're gonna outlaw gasoline vehicles and i'm thinking like okay you're you can outlaw gasoline vehicles but when you figure out that every product that you use comes from crude oil when you have you like if you're gonna have this environmental conversation shouldn't you be having the full conversation, not just how we're going to stop burning oil, but how, what are we going to do with all these products that we rely okay. on? Okay. Hold on. I'm going to flip the script. Chris, what uses the most oil? What like out of a barrel of crude, what amount I'm going to, I'm going to transportation. I'm going to, what amount gets used? I'm going to try to answer it before Chris. A consumer can, product. I'll try to answer that. And then I'll let Chris elaborate with the correct answer. But my thinking exactly. is, my thinking is it's not like, you're going to get mostly, I think you get everything out of it. Like you get a barrel of crude oil and you get maybe 40% gas, maybe 30% diesel. And then maybe you get all these products. So when you refine it, you get your gasoline is a byproduct. Your right. diesel is a byproduct. Your plastic is a byproduct. Your asphalt is a byproduct. So you get everything. You don't just get most, you can't, you can't pick and choose. You just get it all. That's, well, what no, that's, that's just the levels of refining. Right. So I, that's just my question of like, if the argument is if you cut out one, you have to cut out all. Uh, yeah, I know. What's, what's the percentage? Like, like how much of a barrel really goes into, you know, making this? How many gallons of refined I think a very diesel small do we need for me to get this? That's my question. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not a petrochemist. Right. Um, but but I, I will tell you that there are different types of crude. You know, you have you have your heavy crudes and your light crudes. Your um, 
you know, you're you're very uh, which one comes from the Tyrannosaurus Rex, man. Lay it Uh, down. Give it to me. I read a study not not that long ago that said that that we always believe that was like, you know, like you're saying dinosaur bones, you know, melting. Right. Uh, That that there was something that came out a couple of years ago that said the idea that the crude oil is an uh, a limited amount in the planet that is is going to run out when we were younger, you Mm -hmm. know, that diesel was going to, you know, crude oil is going to run out. We're going to run out of oil. Uh, you haven't heard that one in a while, right? Probably been 12 no. years. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, that's you know, funny you uh, say that. So now, now um, I think they've, they've figured out that it's actually, I think it has something more to do with magma and, you know, lava and, you know, that it's actually created like, you know, other things that are created, you know, down, deep down in the, the pressures you know, of the earth. The yeah, you know, but again, I'm not a petrochemist. My thing is too, though, whatever process maybe started it, maybe it's continuing. I don't know. I don't know what what's going on. I don't on know. That kind of goes back to like the law of conservation of mass. It cannot be created nor destroyed. So, is there a limited supply? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe at some point, but so have, you, have any of you guys heard of the like the Bakken or the the, the sand crudes that, that were over in like North Dakota and Canada and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like no. the tar sands. Yeah. The tar sands. About, that, yeah. B- Bakken crude. It, it was a lot of it was called. Or um, bitumen. Yeah. That falls yeah, in the same so category. A lot of that was a very light crude. It looked like uh, we dealt with it at one of the facilities I worked at and it was being railroaded across the country uh, put into a tank. We offloaded it at our facility, put it into a above ground tank and then shipped it down south to, and I say south, I mean like Ohio to have it refined. And it was a, it was a very, most crude oil that you see is a very tarry, thick, nasty. I mean, it makes diesel oil look like molasses. Well, it makes it look like it not that bad. Um, So were the Bakken crude, and okay, so your heavy crudes kind of bouncing around a little bit, but the heavy crudes where you get a lot of your your asphalts, your rubbers, that kind of stuff from. But the Bakken crude, which is a real light crude, sometimes called like a sweet crude, um, it looks like dirty water. With and it has a lot of chunky fallout. Yeah, yeah, no, um, it stinks. It all stinks. All crude stinks. Um, but it would create a lot more of your LPGs. Um, more of your gasolines, not so much of your diesel fuels and the heavier stuff. And so there is some difference in that when you talk about what was, what, how much of what was created. Again, I can't answer that question. I don't make plastics and not a petrochemist, but they can go know, after there's, different, there's something they, said to that. they can go after different kinds of crude. Like if yes. we if we're not burning all this fuel, you can go after a crude that's mainly for, you know, plastics and for. Well, it's it's like that meme. In theory, that, you know, in theory, it's like that. You know that meme that says, you know, like, hey, if you don't really want us to, to have, you know, crude oil, then you know, walk out to your gas meter in January and turn that little valve. You right, know, right. Natural gas. I mean, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna stand for something, stand for it all the way, right? Exactly. Exactly. I think a good question, not a good question, a good topic you had <clears throat> uh, uh, talked about, Chris, 
was it almost corresponds with something that ds had just did uh how much gear do you carry in your truck or with you or aaron aaron's dipping into he, he had me send him his my uh my little podcast topic idea that that's a really good one because uh my buddy jason just reached out to the same company uh ds reached out to built right industries and they have uh, the same uh hook thing for the back seat um, mm -hmm. uh, so you can you know saw, pull your back seat down uh and his nifty thing and i want to get the thing uh, above the infotainment because i think i'd i'd like to you know be able okay. to you know take a, a couple minute clip or stuff not a minute clip but you know have your phone there um or even if your gopro uh whatever um, just to have that ability up over there and um sean has a really nice one that attaches to the back of the seat yeah put your power tools i've seen some dudes uh got their their guns um really whatever i guess you can put on now, there is chris is before work, before you but... before you answer that i do want to say that i found out that there's a bunch of companies making those things for the uh dashboard up in the top cubby where you can put keys or whatever which no one really i don't think anyone really uses it that much but i, I thought built right was the only That's company nice. that had that no there's a bunch oh, of companies yeah yeah well, it's I'm just like, like a rod he you know he, he put on that uh you use that after that like knockoff built right um one for the back seat mm -hmm. you know it i mean there's, you know, there's no uh there's no there's no honor amongst knockoff thieves you know what i mean my problem with the built right one is they don't have a phone mount to go with it. So if you go with the built right, they want you to use a different phone or a different phone mount. There's a couple of those other companies that have really good phone mounts and they have the bracket that goes mm. up in there. So if you're looking at the built right one, that one's good. But the some of these, when you get a nice all metal phone holder with the metal, you know, that's what I want to know. Like, How many guys, let us know in the comment section, who out there has the WeatherTech phone cup holder? Like it fits in the phone, the, the uh, cup holder, but it's an actual phone holder. You know what I'm talking about? I'm, yeah. sorry, to, I'm sorry to cut you off, Chris, <laughs> when you were uh, about to answer that question. That, oh, that question about the phone holder? No, about gear in your truck. Oh, oh you're fine. You're fine. Whatever. You know, we're dealing with technology, so getting cut off is kind of part of the game. Um, I don't like I I'm like the last Boy Scout, whether it's in the, you know, the Harley or, you know, I, I mean, I carry one whole saddlebag in the Harley full of gear, you know, tools and all kinds of random stuff. And in my truck, it's on overload. I mean, I the whole under under seat, you know, storage, you know, compartment thing. Uh, I got it full of stuff. I mean. I have like a little mini air compressor. Um, what I trim level is yours? Jet. What's that? What trim level yeah. is yours? Lariat. Did you say Lariat? Lariat? Yeah. He ain't scared. He works the truck. Yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't like, I didn't like the platy stuff, so I didn't even bother with it. There wasn't anything in there that really kind of set off. I think you want a limited. Did I you say how many miles are on it? I didn't know until the other no, day. No, I didn't. Um, I'm only happen. at like, uh, I think I'm like, the other day I was driving, I think I'm only like 50 miles from 30,000. Oh, shoot. I only do like, I only do like 77,000, 7, 7,500 a year. 
Oh, okay. And okay. then like the last the last year, ever since all the Rona stuff, yeah, yeah. The wife's working from home, and I've been driving the beans out of her escape because Word. it's a lease and she's not putting the miles on. So I, I'm gonna probably on I'm gonna probably get shafted on that when I go to turn it in. So I've been driving the heck out of the little escape, just buzzing around, you know. They're Damn, they're dude, gonna wind up calling that. you and giving you money so that they can buy that thing back because nobody's gonna have any inventory. My dude, wife's got a one guarantee with my wife's got a one escape. Insane. Guarantee. They're yeah, calling me now. Say, Chris, be, if you're gonna be do waiting anything, for a phone call. You need to buy out that lease because you are going to make more money selling that back to someone to trade yeah. it in. Matt, yeah, check this out. I've, Matt, I've got a 150 with like 6,000 miles on it. How much a you 19, want for it? A 19, it's got one year left on the lease. How much do I want for it? Oh, no, it's on a lease. Never mind. Yeah. Wait, so like the wife's, the wife's escape, we, we get, uh, she drives 45 miles. Well, she did drive 45 miles each way to work. So we would lease it with 19.5 a year. Ooh. And she drove it for about, you know, what was that? Like, uh. Would have been would have been a year, not even a year. She so it's a nineteen. So she drove it till like March of twenty, heavily like normal, and she was a little under mileage. That's fine. And then you know, she hasn't drove to work since then. So now she's at like twenty five thousand. She should be at forty thousand that right now. And yeah, it's, I mean, and they're, she's not driving the rest of this year. They're saying so. Well, at least it's not a real expensive car. No, it's just a you know escape SE. Yeah, you know, you know, Aaron, the ones if you had to do one of those uh, motor swaps yet, on one five and the one point five. <laughs> Away. Yeah, you, you, did you see the new little holes they drilled in the cylinder walls? No. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I don't but... mean to burst anyone's bubble, but those same silly miter cuts they put in the cooling jackets or you know the cylinder walls on the uh the one fives that proved yeah. to work so good, they did that on the seven three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the wives don't have the little holes, but she got the reprogram, so that's great. When you pull it, when you park it, and you get out, you can hear it runs the water pump, the electric water pump for you know whatever duration of time until really? it gets the temperature it wants wow how funny is that that's that's that was the, that was the that was the reprogram that ford came up with to stop them from having to replace like every single 1.5 Cody, oh. i'm sure can sit and comment on that He's, all i know is on. i stay oh, yeah. far away from those things aaron have you noticed something yes when the sun re- sets when, in the west and when you in the east wrong um when you reprogram a truck and it wants the collar kit on right before you would have to click yes or no right yes sir and if you clicked no it would kick you out of programming yes sir go test that theory on a truck now no because i know it's going to happen and i'm not i'm not going to ask how we're going to fix that i'm not no, even good on that road no, it's going to let it's going to let you keep programming the truck. Matt, have you noticed when you update all your modules on these trucks and you get to the, to the, uh, what was that called, Aaron? The, the, uh, damn, I still tele- need to do tele- that. 
Cody, it's I need to know about this. I need TCU. to know why they're letting me program things without things that are supposed to be on there. So Matt, have you noticed when we, when have you ever, I don't know if you've done it yet, but when you do a, will you, you answer, everything, will you ask the question? Or you update everything and you reprogram the TC, what does it call it, Aaron? The TCU. The TCU? Well, the, the, no, we reprogrammed the, uh, not just the TCU, that went fine, but we did the uh, communication module. We updated the, uh, whatever that was, telematics. The... I think it was the telematic thing or something. I don't yeah. deal with telematics. We updated it. We just run it through all the updates. It was taking hours to update. It just, it just was. And so we had to, well, have you noticed that? I, that takes, I don't, I don't deal with telematic stuff. We successfully aborted and I'm going to resume that programming at a later date. We didn't have enough time. No, but we wound up doing the PCM, the TCM, all two NOx modules, the PM sensor, the BCM, the glow plug control module. The only thing that was left was a sync update, the APIM, and the TCU. So it was like this dude's rolling with the latest software around. And right now, so like really that was – Let's see, that video we made from right now was probably a month ago. So what do you think? How how do you think it's been shifting? Oh, yeah, it's been shifting. Think it's been any problems? I haven't, I haven't noticed any issues. So I you're have... You're now, though. No, but you know what? I was still having issues. It wasn't it wasn't major, but every time I would drive it to get and get up to operating temperature all the way warm, it would do some weird stuff here and there. So... Not just not just the like the skipping shifts, not just the 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 knock when you were going reverse park, reverse drive. Sometimes, reverse drive. Uh, sometimes it was seemed like it was it was shifting weird. Sometimes it seemed like it was shifting at a weird point, and then it would go in, it would engage hard randomly. I've done four drive. Sean's and three others. I've done I've done two because it's had that DTC and I've done two that have been kind of like preemptive. They didn't have the problem, but it was way built way before Sean's was built. And it was kind of like, well, you know, let's get some new software in it. Let's see if that changes, you know, any, any type of shift shifting, uh, randomness, I guess. Characteristics. Yeah. That, or, you know what if they're releasing though in my mind as a technician because i don't know exactly you know what they're changing they have a bunch of tsbs out and it says you know reprogram the pcm well when you program the pcm it doesn't like i can't pick which reprogram i'm doing it's just giving the latest update into the pcm so like for me as a technician when i see that there's an update for a module something has changed whether it's shift points the how long it's hanging in gear uh the pressure whatever i feel that it would be only advantageous to the vehicle or the operator to have the latest software into the vehicle to help subside any type of abnormalities that's you're getting between one and three or three and five or you know Oh, I think a lot of the confusion for people who did not have the 10 speed in the F-150 getting the 10 speed in the Super Duty was like, oh my God, I see all these 10 gears. Why isn't it going? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Well, this is not a bicycle. 
It doesn't go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It it and will, I, I, but I'm it so doesn't. Six speed. I just keep my little keep my little my old school six speed just it's pumping cool. along. That's cool. The ten speed's six, awesome. The, it's great. The it's, six the six speed's a good transmission. Right, it's a just, good transmission. It just drives a little different. That's it's 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 it. it's probably not as fast. I think even with I know they changed the motors. I mean the motors got more power and they remodeled a lot of things. But I, I think the ten speed you're gonna be able to have tighter gear ratios, so you're gonna have a, a lot more performance, shall we say? You know, speed. You know, not that we're drag well, racing duper duties all the time. Matt, but, yeah. Matt can elaborate on that. I, I mean, me the, and DS. I, I think with the main advantage with the ten speed is going to be your lower first. But I think your overdrive is not that much better. It's a little bit better, but not like significant. Over I would 16. think out of the hole, though, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna you're, it's know. gonna be a lot quicker. Maybe not, maybe not Sean's because he's got all that that you know centrifugal force of those dualies spinning around in the back. The main well, factor of mine is it's not even four thirty gears. The yeah, four thirty gears. Got to drink to that. But the dang commercial tires don't. Those commercial tires aren't hooking up like regular truck tires like they got things, four in the back they are so the traction when you when it gets Go hot outside the back <laughs> when it gets when it gets hot outside that those i don't know what the deal is with that rubber compound it it ain't it ain't trying to go fast it's trying to it's trying to hop that's not in the continental recall is it i mean i know that a, Aaron loves his continental tires i mean michael Lunds. Michael Lunds. You got the Michael Lunds. Okay. I got did the you Michael Lunds. No, I did no, not. No, I have Continentals on my 250. What's the deal with that? What's the deal with the recall for they're, those? They're saying that the F 150s, some of the Super oh, Duties, yeah. and the Escapes, that, that con- the Continentals, that they over cured the tire on. when they manufactured it and it can have uh, tread separation. What? Is it their. I'd have to look into that and see if it's their heavy duty Continental tires or if it's their light nope. duty Continental. You're good. Is it the light duty ones? It's uh, it's not on the, it's not on your truck. You're fine. So, so Matt, what about my 250? I got I the light Matt duty. with the knowledge drop. I don't know. All I've I know got, is your your Continental HSRs that you don't have on your four. HSR. What do you? What do you? Oh, it's HSR. What do you? Okay. Well, no, hold on. What do you have on your dually? I want to say they're the Are H- they, the, I want to say it says HD3. You probably have HSR. HSR. I don't know. You have HSRs all in the right. front and Here. HDRs in the rear. Those. No, my mine are all four. This all six are the same. Okay, so you probably have like a HDR plus or an HSR hybrid, but <laughs> hybrid, hybrid, anyways, hybrid. You're you're fine. It's oh, the okay. passenger tires that they're worried about, and a few light truck tires. Yeah, it's it says for. 2018 F-150s, uh, 2018 through 2020 F-250s, F-350s, and 2019 Escapes. With I've got that. Tires. I've got that 250 with Continental tires. I mean, like my like my wife's Escapes on it. So, so I what are they doing? Are they, they are they replacing all the tires? What are they doing? No, this is they're gonna. Inst- inspect and replace as necessary yeah they gotta check the dot code on it okay so my tires are pretty well worn so if 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 they were gonna be nice to get it nice for those to have that right code on there right i know right new tires Well, folks, I think this would be a great time to wrap it up. I know I'm getting tired and we are uh, definitely 
definitely i don't know we're done i don't know stick, we're done we're you could stick a fork in us because we're done because we're done i like that oh somebody speaking of of cooking reference uh matt uh or not matt somebody said they want to see a cook they want they want between the matt and reeling go we need where to get we everybody where, where, in this area around us here in the uh, metropolitan Detroit area uh, or uh, out further. Uh, we need to get all together, get our trucks, have a big barbecue, uh, keep it, uh, you know, social just we'll be outside and in, in, in creation. And we, we I mean, that got, uh, got listed. I don't want to I don't so want to flex and start a political firestorm, but, you know, I'll be fully vaccinated by then. So you can come kiss me if you want. I uh, I mean I'm not Irish. I'm not gonna kiss you. You're not Irish. We're not. Hey, nobody's kissing nobody. Kiss we the ring. Kiss. kiss the ring. You ain't got no ring. Hey, dude, I love Power the strokes. comments in here. I love the comments. I'm sorry. Power strokes we're, are good. We're not ending now. We're not ending yet. We're, we're not ending. The comments. We're not. We're gonna uh, in what? The comments really quick. In what? On this one. On which one? Dude, people just love me talking about Sean with his truck and his trailer. They love it. Oh, well. What about the trailer? What Roast them in the comments. Oh, my. Oh, my. What, that Vlad. Vlad says. Oh, my old, my old says, girl. My old Griffin Matt, back there. Running smack on limited 450s pulling a landscape trailer. DS, what are you trying to say? Crying, laughing face emojis. <laughs> With the, what, dude, I don't even know what you're talking about, though. So then limited. someone said, we have to have a Matt and Ryan cook off. Someone yeah. else, specifically Chris, said, love Matt digging on Sean, LOL. Wait, who said that? Some, I said was, that. Was that you? I did read yeah, that. Yeah, that was me. I did read that, and I responded to I that. Also one. love the foreign POV on vehicles in life. What does that mean? What does that mean? I Also, first we comment, had, beat Sean, okay? Yeah, that was, the, that, that was the, the podcast that was put out. I guess in this case, it would be how many ago, Aaron? Uh, For which one? Know. The last one? Yeah, you like had the guy that was that, that grew up. Oh, yeah. 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 But Who it was in the podcast that was out. Guy from which... Africa. Oh, yes. yeah. That was. Oh, um... yeah. That was a good one. I like that one. Gordon. Yeah. I, I just enjoyed. I always enjoy that perspective that they have, you know, both on vehicles and, you know, the the the, the differences between foreign countries and America are always, always entertaining, you know. Podcast number 25, which we filmed May, March the 2nd. You know what? That just reminded me of something. I don't have the shirt right now, but I just saw myself in that podcast doing a merch plug with your so stickers at the very end. You got the sticker plug. And somebody just asked me, I need to get uh, more shirts. I am missing large and I'm missing double XL. I only have XL right now. And I feel bad that I ran out of large and XL, but apparently I'm having more demand and I'm going to need to fulfill that demand. So uh, guys, just bear with me. I'm going to uh, get some more. Uh, I'm trying to get uh, a different shirt. Maybe um, you should get some hoodies. That'd be cool. Let me know. Would you guys wear hoodies? I've had a couple oh, guys no. ask me about hats. I'm not really a hat dude. Um, if you wear a hat, let me know. Maybe I'll think about doing hats. Dude, um, you need some hoodies. For a couple guys said coffee I mugs. I'd do a hat. I'd do a hat. Would you guys I'd do, do a hat? hat? I think you should do a hoodie. You know I'm outside. If you do hats, garage. would you have to do a flex fit? Or do you guys want snapbacks? Flex it doesn't matter. Flex snap fit. Back. Flex fit. Okay. Oh, snapback. Okay. 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 The only, the only people who like snapbacks are guys with small heads. You know, 
Small heads. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I wanna I wanna make a hat. You know those hats that keep the sun off you when you're outside? Oh, it's a sun yeah, hat. Yeah. The, it'll uh, be a sun hat. A floppy hat or the Arabian the yeah, Arabian goggles hat, hat guy. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> All right. With that being said, don't forget to spay and neuter your cats and dogs. Matt, were we were we talking <laughs> we'll about see you later, guys? Aaron wrap her up. See ya. <laughs>